Hey guys, Zeno here from A to Z. Coming up on this show, we have some Falcons news to get to after a big win from yesterday and how they should proceed going forward. Plus, I will say I told you so in college football. That is all coming up next right here on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts... Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you there are still problems unsolved. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday. Appreciate you guys joining us. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ETO. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Get us over 5,000 subscribers. And as well, we are on Roku TV. However you get your Roku TV, Amazon Fire Stick, just search Locked On Sports Atlanta. You'll get us in A to Z, brought to you by our good friends at BetOnline.net. All right, a lot to do today here. And then Truthfully, I'm recording a little bit later today than normal. Usually I get this done pre-lunch. I'm post-lunch today. I was uh, flying back from visiting a friend for the weekend, so I got late here, and we got the big news now that that Kyle Pitts is dealing with a torn MCL. They're saying he's out indefinitely. I'll get to that coming up after Shovels of Wisdom coming up later on in the show, but I wanted to start with the Falcons' win yesterday over the Chicago Bears. Um, You know, by any means necessary, right? Uh, I've said repeatedly, don't ever apologize for wins in the NFL. You don't have to. They're really tough to come by, especially when you are a subpar talent team. Uh, the fact that the Falcons have five wins again, sit at five and six, and uh, theoretically could be a uh, or a half game out of first place. Not theoretically, they are a half game out of first place. Um, is great for them. Remember that thirty thousand foot view. I've told you guys about it for the entire season. All that said, individually in the game itself, you have to look at a couple of things that probably went their way that you would say are not things that you would ever expect to go their way. Um, Look, in reality, they played sort of a team that is a mirror of them. At least for the last five games, what the Chicago Bears have been is very much a mirror of the Atlanta Falcons. Extremely run heavy, very dependent on a quarterback's legs, uh, not throwing the ball a lot. Uh, not able to stop anybody on the defensive side of the ball and trying to gut out and grind out wins in close games. That's exactly who the Bears have been for the last five weeks. This is exactly who the Falcons have been all season long. Now, could you say when they went down 17 to 7 that it was bad and they got in trouble? Yeah. Cordero Patterson saved their <laughs> yesterday with that punt re- uh, kickoff return, rather. That doesn't happen. The Falcons don't win that game. I, I truly believe they do not win that game. Um, it was very much a, a situation where things were tenuous, only four and a half minutes left. Bears go up 17 to seven, and the Falcons are not a team that chases well. Give them credit. Fought back in, came back, tied it up by four half. Uh, they get the touchdown in the third quarter, um, get the, the game winning field goal with under two minutes left, and, and they get out of there with a win. Everything else looked good. Statistically, you know, again, you, Falcons rushed for a ton of yards. What were they, uh, 149 on the ground yesterday? Bears rushed for even more. Only threw for 131. Mariota was eh, efficient. Eh. I mean, guys, he just he misses a lot of throws. It's frustrating to see, right? He just misses a ton of throws. Um, but it is what it is. Neither team got to 300 yards. I mean, it's scary how well, how close the numbers were. Bears had 288. Falcons had 280. Bears had 160. Falcons had 149. Um, passing yards, Bears had 128, Falcons had 131, Justin Fields 14 to 21, Marcus Mariota 13 to 20. It's like numbers are eerily similar. 
except in one area. And this is what I wanted to focus on. Because, again, this is an area that needs to get fixed. Like, forget about trying to win this division this year. Forget about trying to make the playoffs as a wild card. Forget about any of those things. You can't be a good team if you can't get off the field on third down. Period. The Bears yesterday were 9 for 16 on third down. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, 2 for 9. In case you were wondering, that's less than 25%. I mean, you can't, the, the other team can't convert over 50% of their third downs. It, it, it's just a really, that's why the Bears held on to the ball for 35 minutes and the Falcons held on to it for 25. The Bears never had to get off the field. And that's why that, that punt return for a touchdown saved their keister so much. Because the Falcons' defense could not stop anything yesterday. It, and we don't talk about this enough. Like, it's incredibly frustrating that of all the things we're sitting here screaming about with this team this year, of all the things that we talk about week in and week out, and Mariota and Pitts and the completion percentage and the passing game and not sustainable, this, that, and the other, why is nobody screaming about how bad this team is on third down? Like, it is a problem, and the defensive coordinator needs to get it fixed. Zeno, they don't have the players. They don't have the players on offense either, folks. Somehow they managed to score 27. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there has got to be a way for this team. And this is why I was a little bit ticked off about the trade deadline coming and going. And nobody, nobody advocating for the Falcons to try and get better talent. I mean, again, just for argument's sake, humor me here on Roquan Smith. If the Falcons gave away a second and a fifth and got Roquan Smith, don't you think it just maybe, just maybe, they're not nine for 16 on third down yesterday. Maybe they're only like, you know, six for 16. Is that really important stuff when it comes to situational football? You bet your tail it is. Of course it is. I mean, it was just, it was incredible that the Falcons could not get off the field on third down. I mean, you're talking about them converting, you know, and I'm just looking up a couple of plays here uh, from their scoring drives. See if I can find one here. Yeah, third and five. Uh, Let's see, third and six, they get 10 yards. Another third and one, they convert. Um, On the missed field goal, third and two, they convert for 17. Third and eight, they convert for nine. Third and nine, they convert. I mean, what? What are we doing here? Like, you literally can't, and I mean can't, have that happen routinely. You can't expect to win games that way. And for a team, and it's weird because Arthur Smith, for a guy who says so much just about winning games, winning games, winning games, we're never talking about how bad this team is on third down. And I'm really kind of, you know, in retrospect, the way the game unfolded, I was ticked I couldn't be at Arthur Smith's press conference today um, because that's all I would have focused on. Arthur, how do you get this team off the field on third down? Somebody explain it. What the hell is going on? I mean, it's it's really, really bad. And I don't know why nobody is screaming about it enough, because they should be. They genuinely, genuinely should be. 
All right. Uh, I got to say, I told you so. I'm going to do a victory dance here in a victory lap uh, in just a moment. First, a word from our friends at betoutline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. We got a game tonight, Monday Night Football. See, if you waited, you're in a different situation because the 49ers were favored by eight points. And then as soon as the news was announced that Kyler Murray wasn't starting, that line went to 10. So, there you go. That's why you got to get to bet online as soon as you can. Find reviews of every league, uh, NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, e even golf. It's all right there. That's why bet online is a top online resource for all your sports wagering information. They have great podcasts with so much sports wagering info. You can get tips on live in game betting, scores, podcasts. It's all right there. Head to bet online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Um, okay. I'd like to take my victory lap. Are you guys all ready? Um, and sometimes I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm going to say I told you so. And what did I tell you on Tennessee? I freaking told you so. I have been saying for weeks now, for weeks, for weeks, for weeks, for weeks, that Tennessee is going to get got because of that pass defense. It's going to happen. They can't keep throwing that pass defense out there. I kept telling you Tennessee was overrated. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I kept telling you that it was a bad scenario. Oh, it was bad, all right, because South Carolina racked up 606 yards, including 453 through the air, and put up 63 points, the most points ever against the top five team from an unranked team since they started keeping the AP poll. Tennessee's college football playoff dreams are done. They are over. They are out. And in two weeks, Georgia will eliminate LSU. And their dreams will be done. They will be out. And we will go back to what I said weeks ago. And go check my Twitter feed because it's there from some of the gambling shows that I do. When I said, you're more likely to get two Big Ten teams in there than two SEC teams in there. Because that's what's going to happen if TCU or USC slip up. The loser of Michigan-Ohio State will end up being in as the four seed. The winner is the two seed. And guess what? TCU or USC, whoever survives, gets in. Now, if both of them slip up, Clemson walks right into the door. That's how easy this is, guys. I mean, the committee's going to have it super, super easy this year. It's really not going to be hard. Georgia's going to eliminate LSU. Their three losses, they're gone. Done. See you. Um, as I just said, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, will end up being the four seed. That is if TCU or USC slip up. Because if they both run the table, guess what? They're both in. One Georgia, two Ohio State, three TCU, four USC. They're in. That's with winner of Ohio State, Michigan. You get the point. Right? That's if TCU beats Iowa State this week and the beats K-State in the Big 12 championship game. USC has to beat Notre Dame this week. And I think they'll end up again with... I think they'll end up with Oregon. Yeah, I think they're going to end up with Oregon. Let me just double check that real quick. I know that I'm kind of curious because I, I didn't even, uh, um, I, I, you know, after Oregon got that win last night. With, oh, and oh, by the way, Bo Nix is still incredible. I, I don't know why we're still undervaluing how good he is, but um, I feel like it's Oregon. Yeah, it's going to be Oregon. Yep, because Oregon beat Washington uh, and, well, Oregon lost to Utah. No, they just beat Utah. No, they lost to Utah. So anyway, um, yeah. 
So that's that's the path for USC. Sorry about that, folks. It just took me a second to remember where we were. Regardless, the committee's got it really easy. It's all going to work itself out. And if TCU and USC both slip up, it's Georgia, winner of the Big Ten at two, loser of Ohio State, Michigan at four, Clemson sneaks in at three as an ACC champ. Now, if Clemson loses the ACC championship, somebody might be able to sneak back in. Somebody might be able to sneak back in. That may be the opening for the first two-loss team to get in. Because that's exactly what would happen. You'd probably take, that may be Tennessee's only hope. And they're without Hendon Hooker now. Sad that it happened to that young man. That's, uh, that, that stinks. Didn't, didn't, didn't wish that on anybody. Didn't, didn't, didn't need that to happen to him. But nonetheless, I try to tell you guys Tennessee was overrated. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to do this victory lap routinely. That Tennessee was overrated and go back to my Twitter. And I got eviscerated for it on Twitter. Uh, I mean, the SEC, you myopic SEC fans. And yes, I'm, I'm talking to all of you right now. You guys are so myopic about your conference. You don't think anybody else is even remotely as good as you guys are at anything. And they don't deserve to be in the same conversation. Yeah. Um, when you're Georgia and Alabama, that is correct. Every now and then you get a juggernaut like 2019 LSU that comes along. Yeah. Nobody deserved to be in that conversation with LSU that year. But for the most part, uh, guess what? It's not as big as a gap as you think anymore. Especially when it comes to quarterback play. Because there really is no great quarterback play in the SEC with the exception of a handful. Two or three. You could probably name them. I mean, Hendon Hooker by far is the best quarterback in the SEC, Right? I mean, who's really second? Is it Stetson Bennett? I mean, is that really where we're going? Bryce Young, obviously. So, I mean, after those two, drop-off's pretty big. Now, Will Levis is going to be a number one overall pick, but or could be a number one overall pick, but that doesn't mean he's a great college quarterback. I know that doesn't make sense, but it does. Because you've seen great college quarterbacks not be good pro ones. Guys who don't put up gaudy numbers, and again, you know, what Levis is a product of, of the system that he's in. If you put Levis at USC with Lincoln Riley, you don't think he's putting the same numbers up as Caleb Williams? Is? Of course he is. Of course he is. So, again, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to dump on the SEC anymore. I, I made my point. Tennessee was overrated. LSU was overrated. Uh, that was pretty easy to see based off of the teams that they played and the way that they played. Um, you know, there, there's a certain level of consistency. And I'll say this again, you know, I know the win was a factor on uh, on Saturday. Um, I want to know how how worried Georgia fans are about Stetson Bennett's turnover issues. I keep ta- I've kept saying all year long, nobody's going to beat Georgia but Georgia. The problem is, is that I've seen Georgia try to beat themselves on multiple occasions at this point, and it is a little alarming. Right. Like to me, that's one of those things where it's like, um, maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe I don't think we have to, but there's something in the back of my mind that makes me a little bit nervous, just a little bit nervous about Stetson being a little too free with the football, if you will. 
All right, coming up, uh, the future for Kyle Pitts uh, this year after the latest news. We'll get to that after Shovels of Wisdom. want to remind you guys, uh, you can get more news on anything Falcons, including Kyle Pitts, on Locked On Falcons. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of podcasts like this one, A to Z, right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, go to YouTube. Subscribe to the Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube channel. Give that thumbs up. Like all the content there. Share it with all your friends. Help us get to 5,000. Why? Because, well, we deserve it. No, you guys have made us deserve it because you guys have been such great supporters of Locked On Sports Atlanta since it started. So, again, go to YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you'll get the content every single day. We've got a great team here at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Everybody who does a show here is just absolutely fantastic with the amount of work that they do. So, uh, again, 5,000 push. Get us to 5,000. We'll all celebrate together. Drinks on me. There you go. Okay, uh, before we get to uh, the Falcons and Kyle Pitts, time for a Shovel of Wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. know how we do it every day we have to set somebody straight for saying you're doing something stupid you can do so on my twitter account at mark zeno m-a-r-k-z-i-n-n-o just use the hashtag shovel of wisdom and today my shovel goes to emily Steele. emily Steele is a new york times reporter uh and according to her twitter account i think she's a pulitzer prize winning uh new york times reporter that's what she says pulitzer prize winning new york times business reporter um, and she just put out a column, I think it was yesterday. Um, and it's titled Desperate for Growth, Aging Casino Company Embraced Quote Degenerate Gambler. And um, she is basically writing the column about Barstool founder Dave Portnoy. Um, and she notes that he had to file for bankruptcy in 2004, $30,000 in gambling debts. Now, and this is from her tweet, now the self-described degenerate gambler urges his fans to dive into the fast-growing, lightly regulated world of sports betting. Now, this column is probably in the neighborhood of 2,500 words. Uh, it's long. Um, and and I got through three-quarters of it before I just started skimming and, and started looking at, like, what is the point? Like, what, what, what are we getting here? Look, I'll be the first person to tell you, I am, like, no Dave Portnoy defender. Um, I've never met him. I don't know him. I know people who work for Barstool. I think they're the people who I know who work there. I think they're great people. I've never met Dave. Obviously, Dave wouldn't know me if there was a gun in his mouth and he had to decide who I was. That said, um, I'm actually going to defend him a, a little bit here because what Emily's angle here is that the sports gambling industry is unregulated and it, it is going to become this haven for degenerates and bad people and everything else and, and that – Oh, years ago, that they, things would have been different. There were companies that vetted people so much to look for good people who didn't have bankruptcy on their record and bad, you know, uh, thoughts about women and, and this, that, and the other, like Dave Portnoy has. Um, so what you're saying here, Emily, is that you think the gambling industry should have some sort of moral compass because it's the gambling industry, right, where we don't allow bad people in, where we don't allow people who have filed for bankruptcy, where we don't allow people who have said or done things that are inappropriate uh, into the gambling space and the sports gambling space because, well, dear Lord, it's unregulated. Um, so I guess it's okay then 
in the regulated space of politics to have politicians who solicit prostitutes, who obviously lie repeatedly, who say one thing and do another. We can have football players who have beaten women, who have killed people with cars, who have done a variety of different things. They can all play, you know, abuse women like Deshaun Watson did. Those people are all fine, and that's okay. But yet, you want to use one person, by the way, in this sports gambling industry. And granted, Dave Portnoy is a big voice. Uh, but you want to use one person to sit there and say that the industry is just this this wild west of of you know unregulated goons who are just you know encouraging the whole world to gamble and society is going to fall apart. Like, stop! How many times do we have to go over this? Of all the things you guys think that are going to take down society in America, sports gambling is so far down on the damn bottom of the list. Stop trying to elevate it. There's at least like three dozen bigger things in America right now that would take down this country way before sports gambling ever would. So, like, stop. I mean, I don't understand why people invest in this. I don't understand why people even even want to write these columns. You want to know why? Because my guess is, is Emily Steele has never placed a wager in her life. And that's fine. No one's telling you to. I'm not asking you to place a wager. Just don't take a dump on the entire industry because somebody who you think is a bad person is getting involved in that at a high level. There's a lot of people I think are bad people in politics. Okay. Oh, but we get to vote them out. You're going to do that in private business. So what? So what? Anyway, you know me. I'll go on and on and on and on. But I'm done. Speaking of done, so is Kyle Pitts. Uh, torn MCL. Right now, uh, they are going to get another set of opi- another second opinion to figure out where it is. Um, you know, my guess is this feels like shut them down for the year. For a guy on their team who had such high expectations, who has now been wildly unproductive for a variety of different reasons, guess what? Uh, it's time to shut them down. That's it. Just shut them down. Be done with it. Move on. It's not going to work. It's done. Like, nothing is going to get better about this. Uh, and Tori McElhinney of uh, Falcons.com just tweeted, um, if Atlanta moves Pitts or Graham to IR, uh, Terry Fontenot, and this is from quoting Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot and I will talk for the next 48 hours, but until they get confirmation from a full set of medical opinions and everybody's on the same page, then I'll decide if we need to make a move or not. I, I just shut the guy down. Like, uh, I don't know why it's even taking this long. There's legitimately not a reason to play Kyle Pitts another down right now. And and look, I, I am all for this team making the playoffs. 100%. Go make the playoffs. Like, not please, go make the playoffs. I think it's a good thing. As much as I wouldn't have said that three months ago, I think it's a good thing. That said, Kyle Pitts has not been a- anywhere near as impactful as you want him to be. And uh, they still managed to win five games with him being basically non-existent this year. So... Uh, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm, shut them down, look to next year, be done with it. Honestly. It just, it, it didn't work out right now. It didn't work out this year. It didn't match up. Okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's this stuff happens, guys. Happens happening to 20 other teams across the NFL. Things didn't work out the way you thought it were going to for certain people. Look at the Ravens passing offense, for crying out loud. Everybody thought it was going to be a lot better. Guess what? Never was. Sorry. Just didn't get there. 
That's why they only scored 16 points yesterday against the Panthers. That's part of it. But anyway, so point simply being, I'm not sure there's any reason to even keep Kyle Pitts in this rotation at this point. Just be done with it. Right. What, what are we gaining here at this point in time? I mean, I look, by the way, I look at this matchup next week for the Falcons. and I don't like it at all. Um, one, the Falcons are really bad on the road. They're just one and four on the road this year. Their lone win came against the Seahawks earlier in the year. Two, the way Washington has been playing as of late, particularly defensively, uh, is insane. Uh, what they've done over the last couple of weeks, they, are, they have been incredibly, incredibly tough to score upon. Now, you could argue, again, they've played some really subpar offenses, but last time I checked, mm, checks notes, yeah, Falcons are a subpar offense. But even at that, they held the Vikings to 20 points in a game. Over the course, they've won five of their last six. They beat the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Texans. There's a decent offense or two in there in the Vikings and the Eagles, and they only gave up 20 and 21 points to both of those guys. Falcons team total under. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, there's that. We'll see. I mean, you know, we shall see. We shall see where it goes. Uh, That'll do it for us today here on A to Z. We'll be back tomorrow uh, at our normal time. Appreciate you guys uh, waiting all day long for this. Uh, I hope it was worth it. I really genuinely, genuinely do. Want to remind you guys to make Locked on Falcons your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Get us to 5,000. If you follow us on Twitter at Locked on ATL, I'm at Mark Zeno. And we'll be back here tomorrow for another edition of A to Z. You guys have a wonderful Monday. Don't forget to craft anybody. See you.